the, the Sunday school teacher was teaching her children, teaching the kids in the class uh, the Scripture. And so she wanted them to learn to recite Psalms 23. And so she said, I'm, I want you to take it. She copied it out of the Bible and gave to each one of them. said, I want you to go over this every morning, every noon, every night. And if you'll do that, you'll learn to recite it. You'll know it. It'll be in your heart. And so she sent it home with them. She said, now in a month, we're going to recite it in the main service on Sunday morning. What a little boy. He just tried and tried and tried. He just couldn't even hardly get through the first verse. And he just felt so bad that uh, the teacher said, well, you you just got to try harder. So the Sunday came at the end of the month when they were to get up and recite. All of the kids before him had been able to get up and recite the 23rd Psalm. It was now his turn. He walked to the mic. He stopped for a minute and he said, The Lord is my shepherd. And that's all I need to know. (laughs) You know, that's true. If you know the Lord's your shepherd, that's all you really need to know. And so that little boy was on target with it, whether he could recite the whole 23rd Psalm or not. Well, you know, sometimes that's with us. In the world in we live today, it's not so much what we know and what we can recite, it's, it's whether or not we know it to be a reality in our lives. And that's the difficulty that we face today in, in the world that we live In Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 14 is my text this morning, starting off the brand new year of 2019. Notice what he said. He said, make every effort to live in peace with all men, and I'm sure he meant women too. In other words, to live in peace with all people and to be holy, for without holiness no one will see The Lord. There's another scripture. There's another scripture, brother, that says over in the book of 1 Peter, in chapter 1, beginning at verse 13 says, Peter said, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given to you through Christ Jesus as it is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, meaning in sin. But just as He has called you, is the one who has called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. I titled this this morning, Remember who we are in the church of God as a holiness people. One of the things that I see that has happened over the years in in ministry, 50 years or so, I've noticed that we kind of have a way of regulating some of our truths. One of the things that bothers me today is that we regulate the vital biblical truth to places of little importance or service. There was a time when we preached and believed that a person needed to get saved. 
Repent of your sins. Give your heart to Jesus Christ. Get the sins buried. And then as you come forth, pursue to walk in the holiness of God without sin, without blemish, to be obedient to God. Today, many places, we don't hear that anymore. We say, well, everybody's going to be different. Everybody's going to have a different scale. But let me tell you something, the Bible hasn't changed. This usually happens gradually, as it has within the church. Holiness appears to be one of today's victims today, It's become a frightening word to a lot of people. When you talk about holiness, they just simply, it's a frightening word. To some, they fear that we may be labeled as a radical, as as a fanatic. There are places, I'm smart enough to know that there are places that I could not go and preach and be accepted today, even within the church of God. Because I'm considered sometimes as a radical. Because I believe that the Bible still is true. I believe that God still wants His people to be a holy people. I believe that God still is able to save us and keep us and deliver us until the very day that we walk from this earth. But you know, today we have a problem. I've known Christians who have little sensitivity to scriptural standards. They blame the super strictness on their upbringing. You know what? When I hear people say that, I just want to smile. Because you know what I believe? I believe that they, 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 the, the fact is that they want to blame it on everybody else. But I fear that these excuses are often nothing more than a smokescreen for their own lives. You see, what we need to realize is that there are people today that justify their permissiveness to the point to where they finger point to their parents or they finger point to some Sunday school teacher or they finger point to some preacher or some church because they expected more than what they thought they ought to live up to. Well, let me tell you something. I believe holiness is not a behavior we engage in when we feel extremely spiritual. Holiness, from what I read in Hebrews chapter 12, exhorts us to follow holiness. You know, when when you talk about following, what does that mean? It speaks the way of life. It talks about a daily walk as always reaches towards God and the indwelling of His Holy Spirit in our lives and through us. And so the Spirit of God needs to become alive within the life of the church. I believe it's still the same as it was in the Old Testament. In Leviticus, if you'll find in the 19th chapter, verse number 2, listen to what he said. God gave the true meaning of holiness. It means to be like Him. Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, Ye shall be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. You see, God's character is our standard. That's our standard today. Be as God would have us to be. We should strive in our lives, my friend, to fill our lives with the qualities of this holiness that God shared with us even in the Old Testament. The Scripture word also associated with holiness is the word sanctification. We don't hear a lot about it today, but sanctification, it means what it meant in the Old Testament. Sanctification in the Old Testament meant that it was set apart. 
In other words, the things, the utensils that were used in the church were, were utensils. They were, they were things that were set apart. The furniture, the utensils, the, they, they were sanctified. They were reserved for God's service. You see, when God sanctifies us and calls us, we are sanctified for our service to Him. It's not what I want to preach. It's not what I want to impress upon you. It's what God's Holy Spirit lays within my heart through His Scriptures that I have a duty to tell you about. You see, that's what sanctification is all about. Not only is it sanctification a word, but there's also a word called separation. Separation is a word connected with holiness. Now the reason I say that is because if you go to 2 Corinthians, you'll find where Paul is writing about this in the 6th chapter. He said, come out from among them and be you separate. What does that mean? Does it, doesn't it mean just exactly what it says? And the Lord said, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, you and, and will be your father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. Now let me tell you something. When we come out from among them, when, when we become a different people, you see, we are not a denomination in the church of God. And the reason for that is, my friend, is because we have been born of the Spirit of God, by the power of God, through the presence of God, and God has called us to become His people, His family. And so when we come out of those other things, obviously, we're not always physically separated from evil. We live in a wicked world. We live in a sinful world all around us. But I want to tell you something. The work of the Holy Spirit will keep you from sinning. You see, the Spirit of God. You know what the problem is today in many situations? Is that we are not... We are not silent enough and we don't spend enough time meditating and asking for the Holy Spirit to come to us. You see, the Holy Spirit many times is given in the Scripture as, as the dove. Let me tell you something. Don't take much for a dove. You can see a dove sitting over here somewhere and the minute that I get a little bit close to it, it flies away. Any noise causes it to stir and fly away. And you know, the Holy Spirit works that way. Prime example of that is my mother-in-law became a Christian late in her life. She lived with us the last seven or eight years that she lived, and she was in a hospital. She was taken to the hospital on Palm Sunday morning, congestive heart failure. Well, she lived the whole week. She was there the whole week. After I preached on Sunday, I went to the hospital, and we were sitting in the room, and and my mother-in-law was about ready to leave this world and, and head to that place called heaven that we had talked to about so many times. And as she was there and she was a little bit restless, my wife said, Mom, it's okay. It's okay if you go. Jean and I are happy the fact that you're gonna, that you're ready, you've lived your life, and if you want to go to heaven, it's okay. Go ahead and go. And she said, now, if you want to, if you're lo looking to heaven, she said, look around when you start that journey and begin to see, because the Bible says there's a host of angels, there's a host of people waiting for us on the other side. She said, now, you look over there, and, and when you look and you see that host of people, identify some of them. Look for some of those that you know. Identify and look for our son, Gary Jean. I sat there and watched her with my own eyes. As she surveyed that room, her eyes opened deep and she looked to the ceiling and pretty soon her hand went up and 
She was moving across, and all of a sudden, it stopped as she reached her hand. Just about that moment, a nurse walked through the door and kicked the garbage can. It broke the spirit. You know that she lived another seven hours. I honestly believe that the Spirit of God had located her and she was ready to reach out and take the hand of Jesus. But when the Spirit was disrupted... Now let me tell you something, church. I believe that happens in the church. I believe there are times when the Spirit of God deals with hearts and lives of people and we get so loud and we get so involved in what we want to do that many times the Spirit is disrupted and it fails to reach people. I pray, I remember growing up under preachers that would say to me, when it comes time for the altar call, when it comes time for the end of that service, the main thing is, I don't want anybody to move. I don't want anybody to do it. I want people to stand and pray and ask God to deal with their heart. And let me tell you something. I remember days when the altars would line and the front pews would line because the Spirit of God began to work and began to move. And as He moved, He moved from person to person. But you know what the problem is today? We make so much noise. We chase the Spirit out of the building when we ought to be listening to what the Spirit has to say. The Holy Spirit, my friend, is something that the church needs in 2019. You see, we live in a wicked world. It is a, it, it, my friend, I will tell you something. When we come to the... It, it, it is the Holy Spirit's work. It, it is the complete break from the contact and the philosophies and the, that controls the lives of those who refuse to serve God. The Holy Spirit comes in a way, it separates from the present world and begins to, to, the moment that we are saved, it begins to work in our lives. And when God saves us, it is an act of separation. And the reason I say that is because the Bible says He delivered us from the power of sin and darkness. He took us out of it. He translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Two opposing realms. Two dominions, darkness and light. The kingdom of the sin and the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you something. If you cannot live in both of them at the same time, if any man be in Christ, the Bible says he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. You know what? I'm so glad you don't know Gary Swagger when he was a teenager. I'm glad you didn't know me as I grew up in that little town. And you see, because back then, I was a different person. In fact, I'll never forget the first time I went back to my hometown after feeling the call to preach and gone off to school and come back and come back to visit my family. And my mom and dad, was, uh, you know, they, they weren't going to church very much, but they, every once in a while they'd get connected. And they had a little community church there. And I had a fellow there by the name of Stevens. And, and so they, they always talked about me to them. And when they'd see him, they'd, he was trying to get him in church. said, our son's coming home. And he said to me, would you like to preach? And I, oh, I certainly would. I mean, I, I went into that church. and But, you know, I begin to think about that. I begin to think about how that, 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 that the people, when they found out, some of those folks in that town, they came, they didn't come to hear me, they came out of suspicion of, oh, how in the world is this guy going to do this when we knew him before? 
Now let me tell you something. When, when God saves us, He changes our lives. He changes our, our appearance. He, he changes our attitude. He changes our way of thinking. He changes our way of talking. Because you see, the Bible says when He comes, the power of darkness is, we are translated into the kingdom of God. We become new creatures. The old things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. The new birth draws a line between the children of God and those who are enslaved in the world. You see, it's kind of like the... Remember the Israelites? Back in the Old Testament? How that you know they were... The, the Israelites from the Egyptians, the children of God, the blood, the blood made the difference between them? Holiness will show itself in an outward fashion, but it begins inwardly. It's not something you do. Salvation changes the direction of your thoughts and your motives. Renewing your minds, as Paul talked about in the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. Paul said the renewing of your minds is the Holy Spirit's work, but it requires your wholehearted service. He can't change my mind. He can't change my thinking unless I'm willing to allow it to happen. Satan wages an unending battle to control your thinking. I mean, I don't care what it is. You, anywhere you turn, if, if, if he accomplishes that, he will, take the, he will take control of the direction of your life. If Satan get a hold of that, you must guard against two main channels in your mind. Now, I want to tell you this, because not only to older people, but to the young people. Remember, there's only two things that will, that will affect your mind, and that is what you see and what you hear. And the devil will use what you see, and the devil will use what you hear, and when he does, it will become the controlling factor of your life. But the same thing is true, thank God, that when God comes in a special way, and His Holy Spirit reveals to us as we read and as we see the saints of God and as we listen to what the Word of God has to say, it also will take a direction in our lives. So we need to control that. David said, I will seek, set no wicked thing before my eyes. In Psalms 101. Now David knew what he was talking about. Because if you remember David, no one learned the lesson more tragically than David did. Because you read the Scriptures and you will find over there in Second Samuel where he talks about it, where he committed the sin with Bathsheba. It was because of what David saw with his eyes. It was what David then sent and inquired. And I'm going to tell you something. A Christian who walks the path of holiness will be extremely careful of what he looks at and what he listens to. So you know you just can't watch anything, and that's the problem we have today. That's the difficulty. I realize it's difficult to live that holy life that God wants you to live. He never did say it would be easy. Look at the front of your bulletin. It talks about it. You see, never did say it would be easy, but I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to get to heaven, you've got to do it the right way. So be careful what you watch. What you watch on a sign. What you watch on TV. What you watch on the internet. What you watch on Facebook. Be careful what you watch. And then be careful what you listen to. Because they're going to have an effect on your heart and your life. You see, David had that. Christians who walk in holiness will need to be careful. Notice what he said, give an ear unto the law of God. 
The cries of the world are so loud and demanding today. You must keep your thinking on what's taught in the Scripture. And it's not easy. You know what? It's so hard because the world is so noisy. The other day I was standing at a counter. We go down on uh, a lot of times, and not every week, every day, but a lot of times there's a senior group that meets at our McDonald's that's only about a block and a half from us. And so we, my, my wife says we like to go watch people. But we go down and get a cup of coffee, because you've got senior coffee, you know, cheap. And, and, and we get a cup of coffee, and we sit there with all these seniors. Now, we, we get to know them, we get to talking with them. But, you know, I begin to think about that, you know, as we, as we were sitting there thinking about it. As we were thinking, my friend, of the things that were taught. We have been able to share. We found out that there's some great Christian people in that group. We found some that they've lived most of their life. They're retirees too, and they're far from God. We've got a burden. We've been praying for them. We go to McDonald's and pray for them, that somehow God would reach their hearts and their lives. I can't do it. You can't do it. So that's the reason why we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit guides us and directs us and gives us the words and gives us the understanding and helps us to know what is right. The cries of this God's world are so loud. I was standing at that counter and I began to think when the, when, when the guy was trying to take my order, there was, there was a lady over here talking and she was trying to convey it verse with somebody. Then another guy came up and put his hand on my shoulder and he's talking. In the meantime, I'm trying to talk to the fellow on the other side of the counter. I never could hardly get through to him. Because you see the confusion. That's what happens, my friend, with our spiritual lives. So much confusion in the world. So much uh, uh, charismatic uh, uh, people talking to us and influencing us and making us think that, oh, they've got to be doing something right because look at, look at the people that are attracted to them. Look, look at all these things. Let me tell you something. God's not impressed with any of that. Instead of accepting every new enticement the world has to offer, we should ask ourselves a question. The question that you need to ask today is, of what I hear and what I see. How will this affect my relationship with God? What I'm watching and what I'm listening to, how will it affect my relationship with God? And then another one, how will, how will it affect my prayer life? How, how will it affect my influence on others? How will it affect my testimony? When people see me doing things and hear me saying things, what will their thinking be? How will it affect the hearing and saying, affect my attitude towards sin? That's the thing that's important today. So many people today don't see sin as sin. They see it as, 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 as a mistake. They see it as something that, that everybody does. And, and, and you know, you, you, you know, you, you can't, you've got to be careful. You're going to become a fanatic. You're going, to, you're, you're going to think that nobody can make it to heaven. No. I'm saying that we can all make it to heaven, but we need to listen to the Holy Spirit and it will give us the words. It will help us to make the right actions if we'll allow it to. How will it affect my attitude towards sin? My resistance to temptation. I'm a firm believer that you don't even open the door. You don't even put a crack in the door. You don't even peek outside of that door when Satan knocks. Because I'll tell you what, if you crack it, he'll get in. And so we need to do what the Bible says, abstain from the very appearance of evil. What we hear and what we say will cause change in my spiritual taste. 
of what I desire, the things of the Spirit. When God commanded Jacob to return to Bethel and to build an altar, there's something there that I want you to notice. When he sent him back, Jacob's first words to his servants and his family was, notice what he said, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. You see, because up to that time, they were so far away. They were so far away from, 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 from uh, Bethel that they had gone so far away that, that, that the sin in his family and the sin that was in his home and the things that was going on, it didn't mean much. But when it came time to get next to the Holy of Holies, to the holiness of God, then they begin to think differently. So you know what he said? He said, you've got to get rid of that. If you want to be next to God, if you want to be where God wants you to be, you need to get rid of it. Up to this point, Jacob tolerated ungodly things in his household. But when you see a long ways from Bethel, strange gods and dirty garments don't seem bad. But when you set your face on the altar of God and set your desires to be filled with the Spirit and the presence of God, things take on a different look. I see this so many times in the Scriptures. Herod imprisoned John the Baptist. You remember that? He put him in prison. He, he, didn't, he wasn't going to do much to him. He was going to turn him loose. But in the great entertainment in the evening while John was in prison, Herodian's daughter came in and she began to dance before him. And she began to show him all of the fancy things that she could do. And he was so enthroned with it. He was so excited with the show that she put on that he called her to her and said, you've done such a wonderful job. Whatever you desire, I'll do for you. He never expected her to say, you know what I want? I want John's head on a platter. I'm going to tell you something. He never intended on being a murderer. His intent was to just satisfy this young girl that had performed before him. That's the reason why I say be careful what you say and what commitments you make in the presence of the devil because you open that door and he'll make you whatever he wants you to make you of. You see, he became, Herod became a murderer because he had to fulfill the promise that he had made to this young girl. Be careful. Be careful. Let, let, let this be a lesson to all of us. When you make your allegiance with the world and the devil, it always asks you for do things that's going to get you in trouble. When you make that allegiance to him, it will ask you to give up your virtue. It will ask you to give up your morality. It will ask you to compromise your convictions. It will ask you to get rid of your Christian principles. Herod was stunned when the dancer asked for John's head on a platter. But he carried it out and became a murderer. You know, I know many people that have failed because they let their eyes and their ears take them in the wrong direction. My friend, what I'm saying to you this morning, many problems arise today for those who determine to be holy. One involves ethics. You see, to the world today, you know, it's a strategy of men in the political realm, in the business realm. There is no ethics today. And sadly to say, sometimes even in ministry. But you know what? Ethics is important. And many people look at somebody that has ethics, that's willing to say no, that's willing to say, I'll not cooperate, I'll not be a part of it. They call us weaklings. Because we got ethics. We're not going to do it the way everybody else is. 
You see, we need to remember who we are as a people of God. In our search for holiness, you must look through God's Word. The Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness. The kingdom of the Lord is a holy kingdom. His righteousness makes it so. He invites you and me to share in that righteousness. We can live that life, church. God's righteousness is given to the glorious fashion when He saves us from our sins. All that we have been, He justifies us with His forgiveness. He sanctifies us with the work of the Holy Spirit. We are a privileged people today as the kingdom of God. And sometimes we don't realize it. God said to Moses, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. He said to Samuel, Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I want you to know this morning that your heart will lead you to the field of your treasure. Your heart will lead you to the field of your treasure. The heart must be captured. Your heart, my heart, must be conquered. It must be cleansed. It must be changed. It must be consecrated to God. It must be given totally to Him. Sin has darkened the foolishness of hearts. But God calls you and I to come out of that darkness into that marvelous light. It's not enough. You know, we live in a day and age when people think this is true, but it's not enough to have hands that do good deeds. I know lots of people that are not Christian that do good deeds. Wonderful people. I mean, I mean they're always willing to help. Eyes that see no evil. That, ears that hear no, that hear no evil. Lips that speak no evil. But I want to tell you something. Holiness is the perfection of the heart. You know, when you get the heart perfected, the eyes will look at the right things. The ears will listen for the right things. The hands will do the right things. But you see, there has to be that conviction of the Holy Spirit that speaks to our hearts. In this generation today, the church in 2019 needs to seek holiness for the house of God. You see, the forerunner of the church was the Holy of Holies. And if you remember reading about that, you'll find that there, in the Holy of Holies, my friend, only the sanctified people approached. No sin was allowed within that place. Today, you should, you, you, when you come to the house of God, prayed up and believed up, and listen to what the words are singing and the preaching that is being preached, you ought to walk out of this place, my friend, standing high and straight and wonderful because you've been in the presence of the holiness of God. Let me tell you something. You've sung His holiness. You've tasted His holiness. You've felt His holiness. And Isaiah said when he, all of this happened, he began to cry out and the people, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Christ the righteous one has brought holiness into the church. The church today is not the building. It's not this beautiful facility that we have that we worship in every Sunday. This is just a house that holds the church. You see, the church is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. He is the head and He is pure. He's not only the head, my friend, He is, he is, he is the head, He is pure in thought, He's pure in nature, He's pure in being, and He's pure in His mission. But I wonder what's happened to the church. When I think of the entertainment world today, things, many of them challenge our holiness life. 
You know, when I look around and I see, you know, the people within the church go to the same place the world does. So what makes the people in the world want to change? When I look around the church so many times, I see people that they talk like the world. They live like the world. They dress like the world. They go to the places the world goes to. So, so what makes people want to become part of a church? You see, the difference is, is when the challenge comes, Christians seem to be so anxious to impress others with their broad-mindedness. To exercise no discrimination in entertainment. Selfishness. Selfishness is a raging epidemic today. Materialism is a raging epidemic today. A preoccupation with things has eroded the Christians longing to be like God. We want to be like everybody else. We want to be like everybody else. We we see a church down the road, they're growing and they're getting lots of numbers and we say, we've got to find out what they're doing. We've got to get on the same program they are. Well, let me tell you something. There is no program. What it is, is the Word of God preached under the anointing of the Spirit, living in the life that we ought to be living in the holiness of God. And when we do, great things and mighty things would happen. When you walk into the presence of someone that is filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit, there will be an immediate opening to be able to share the Gospel of Jesus Christ. People want to be what you are. So when you follow and they know how the truth is there. Because I've seen it through the years. You know, I, 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 it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, I pastored my first church down in Tennessee. And a fellow that I had in my church, one of my members of my church, he worked for Acme Boot. Acme Boot was there in Clarksville, Tennessee, and had a store. And, and he used to invite me when I go to the hospital. He'd say, stop by the store. He said, I'm usually in there. And he said... Uh, he sort of showed me some of the defects of the boots. First thing you know, I had I had four or five pair of boots. I mean, I didn't pay the full price because they had a little smudge on them. But you know what? Everybody in that church wore boots. I left that church and I went to Pennsylvania. I put on them cowboy boots. Now, there's a few people saying, man, that guy wearing cowboy boots. Yeah, I wore cowboy boots. You know what? In a little while, I'd wear them. Pretty soon somebody say, you going on vacation in Tennessee? I said, oh yeah, I go down that way every once in a while. Could you get me a pair of boots? I was at that church for 15 years. Half of the people wore cowboy boots. You know why? Because I wore them. <laughs> you, you know that. You women know that. You find something on sale somewhere that's beautiful. Oh, Penny's got that big sale on those $100, you know, set of tiles, and they're all engraved and everything. What do you do? You go in there because they're 75% off, and you come home. You don't come home anymore because you got that fancy phone. You get on the phone, and you take a picture of it, and you send it to your daughter in Timbuktu, and you send it to the daughter-in-law over here, and you send it to your aunt over there, and your na- and you know everybody goes to Penny's and buys them. Why? Because you thought they were wonderful, and they want them too. You know what? Religion works that way. It works that way. I've had people say through the years, I couldn't believe the first service, the only service I missed in six months. And God did something wonderful in that service and I wasn't there. That's why it's important to be in the house of God. You never know when God's going to move. You never know when He's going to be there. But let me tell you something. We are. We are the walking example. That's why Jesus said that we must become holy as He is holy. 
We must live as He lived. We must do and act as He acted. But the problem is, we send them off to everybody else. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is available for every person. Every one of us. The Bible says, be ye filled with the Spirit. And my friend, the problem that we have today many times is is that we have unfilled people. We have spiritual people that are not spiritual. Oh, they're members. They, they got a little bit of religion. They got a little tussed of it. But they don't have the power of the Spirit of God working in their life that helps them to make the right decisions and learn how to have all the fruit of the Spirit. It won't work unless the Spirit of God's working in your life. That's the reason why today, in 2019, the greatest need in the church is for people that will allow themselves to be fully, completely, totally dedicated to God, mind, soul, and body, and say, God, I'm yours. Use me where you want to use me. And I'll tell you what, you'll have a waiting list for teachers and helpers and people that will work in the church. Because God never made anything inadequate. Every need, every ministry, everything that needs to happen at bars, mills, is here today. The problem is, is we've got to have people that are dedicated enough to say, Lord, I'm going to obey the Spirit and do what You want it to do in my life. Let me ask you this morning. How are you doing in your spiritual life? What would this church be like if everybody was just like you? How many new people would we see? How many great Sunday school classes would we have? How many of our young children would learn to recite the 23rd Psalm? You see, it takes dedication. And you and I can't do it in our flesh. It's got to come through the Spirit. And so the songwriter said, Lord, possess me now, I pray. With Thy Spirit, fill me. Have you received the Holy Ghost? Are you walking in the Spirit today? If not, why not start it this very beginning of this new year? I guarantee you, It'll be the best year you ever had if you'll trust God and apply yourself to it. Allow Him to work in your life today. I don't care how old or how young you are. All of us need to walk with the Spirit directing our lives. Let's stand. Father, this morning, you know the hearts and the lives. Oh God, you know how much the church needs your Spirit to work among us. Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that You would just guide us and direct us in this coming year. We pray that Your Spirit would speak to hearts and the lives. And Lord, that those that have been in the church maybe for years, but yet, Lord, they're, they're not walking. They're not allowing the Spirit to work. And they, if, if, Lord, You know and they know that. So God, we pray today this would be a day of reacquainting ourselves, of rededication. 
of giving ourselves totally and completely over to you and asking that your Holy Spirit guide and direct us in all that we say and all that we do and all that we hear. And Lord, that we'll be a pleasing to you and that God, that you'll be satisfied and great things can happen in our lives because of it. Speak to hearts right now, Lord. Lord, in the silence of this time, as we prepare to sing, Lord, we pray that you would speak to that heart. Help that one today that needs to be totally committed and allow the Holy Spirit to fill them today. Let this be the day that your Spirit pours out upon them and they walk out of here a different people. In Jesus' name we pray. Will you come as we sing?